This is CliffCentral.com. I'm Jonathan And uh, Ramon is present And Jonathan We finally have A key ideological opponent In we the We do de- I'm going to need realm. you To protect me from yourself Protect Well I think We need protection from <laughs> Fact checker in chief we, we, we shall We shall So we, we're going to skip uh, a, a sort of um, Intro today And get straight into it Absolutely Is that, is that the way It's going to work So our, our guest today Is Kate Wilkinson Senior researcher At Africa Check and you do something else there, I forgot. I head up our media work, so TV, radio, that sort of stuff. That's the one. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah I actually have to say thank you from the beginning because um, I think ideologically we, we split, certainly. Um, How do you on, know that? On some you things. Even know you that don't even know um, that. I, I don't know you personally, so I, I might be we wrong. We have had a few interactions on Twitter. Yes, we didn't agree with each other on some things. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that usually when you invite someone who you think you probably don't agree with on certain ideological factors, they don't come or they ignore you or they give you some soppy reason why they can't mm. come. And so I just want to say thank you up front because, uh, yeah, I just appreciate the engagement. And um, I, as I said to someone else who um, I was chatting to who's definitely ideologically different to me, a journalist, uh, some time ago, I said, these are the conversations which matter. Mm. Um, the non sort of echo chamber conversations. Um, yes, you listen to us every week. You like what we, we're saying, but often we're saying what we want to say without any challenge. Mm. Um, and it's nice to have conversations where we can discuss things and see where we disagree and try to come to some. Okay, Dave Rubin. Okay. <laughs> Unity is us. You know, let's, let's build bridges. No, let's talk about, let's talk about fact checking. No problem, Stephen Molyneux. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Race and IQ don't exist. Right. Kate, um, so fact-checking. Mm. There's been like a bit of a rise in this phenomenon called fact-checking. So Africa Check's been around since 2012, I believe. So let's just lay down the, the groundwork. What is fact-checking and how do you go about doing it? Yeah, so I think if you look internationally, um, th- there's a, a much longer history of fact-checking organizations. Um, although we all know that you know, as a, a practice, fact checking has a its its home in journalism. It should be part of the journalistic process. Um, it should probably be your first and last step before you publish or release anything. Yeah, and it, it isn't the case, and that's really unfortunate. And um, a lot of countries, not just South Africa. Um, and so if you look at in the States, you've got PolitiFact, which is probably one of the oldest um, and most established fact-checking organizations. Um, but in the last 10 years, and I'd say even more so in the last five years, the number of organizations around the world who have been established for the purpose of fact-checking has skyrocketed. And I think there are a number of reasons for it. Um, first of all, I think that it has coincided um, unfortunately, with a, a, a downward trend in the quality of journalism. Um, and that's for a number of reasons. I mean, the news industry is not doing very well financially. Um, and because of that, newsrooms have had to get smaller. Um, there's a phrase which some journalists don't like, but we have seen a juniorization of the newsroom with younger, less experienced journalists being employed and expected to do more work um, and cover more topics. Um, the 24-hour news cycle has placed 
crazy expectations on journalists. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw the, 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 the publishing requirements for a website like the BBC. As soon as a story breaks, within 30 seconds, you have to have ticker tape running across the top of the website. Within a minute, you need a 200-word story saying that the story is developing. Um, and in that environment... Fact checking is not going to happen most yeah, of the time. No, mistakes will be made. Yeah, and Obvious. but also I think I think that's an important point is that mistakes will always be made. Um, politicians are always going to get things wrong. Advocacy organisations are going to botch the numbers. Africa Check has got stuff wrong. Um, what matters though is not that you're always right because that's never going to happen. What matters is that when you make a mistake, you're open about it, you correct the mistake, and you're transparent about the process. Um, so. Yeah, fact checking is a, has become a thing. Um, and we do see, you know, journalists sometimes moving away from traditional media houses to work in fact checking organizations. Um, and if we look at the basic um, definition, what is the difference between journalism and fact checking? Um, if journalism is traditionally reporting on what people say. Um, you then get investigative journalism, which can be, you know, trying to find out if, you know, find out a story or find something that hasn't been said and you're digging for information to reveal it. But when it comes to fact checking, we don't just go to a press conference and the ANC says, oh, we built 400 houses in this district and then we report that. We will then check if that's true. Right. And that's where the process of fact checking so comes let's in. Let's go through the process. So I'm the ANC premier for Limpopo mm. and I say I've built 1.5 million houses and um, 200,000 hospitals at four. Four. 200 <laughs> hospitals. It's, there we go. go <laughs> something you know of the back could be possible. But for for example, um, and, and this has led to these beneficial consequences for okay. our people, um, okay. whoever our people might happen to be. So you want to check that out. Yeah. What do you do? What's the first step? So the first step is we go to the person who's made the claim. Um, and this is where we give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, if, if you start from the, the, the premise that you think someone is, is wrong, um, you're, you will be more inclined to find information that reinforces that belief. So you need to start from the premise that the person who's made the statement is right um, and that they have information to back up their claim. So I'd go to you or your spokesperson um, and I would say, this was the claim that was made. Um, can you please provide the evidence for it? So your claim is actually would be tricky because we'd have to get a bit more information because you said you build 1.5 million houses and 200 hospitals, but you didn't give us a time frame. So we need to confirm the time frame that you're talking about. And we'd also need to confirm when it comes to houses, are you talking about housing units? Are you talking about service sites? Are you talking about um, rental accommodation? Um, and this is where the definitions get really important. And then once we're able to determine um, you know, what you're talking about, what's the time frame, what are the definitions, then we can go to the um, most recent and reliable information. We look at the information, um, we then take that information and we go to an expert to get context and that's often where you'll find out if there are problems with the data. Um, was there a problem with the sample? It, you know, Does it not cover the whole area? Are there definitional problems? Um, and then we take the data, the, the context, and we reach a verdict or a rating, um, which for us range, ranges from correct to incorrect with a, a whole lot in between. And then we reach our verdict, it's reviewed internally, and then we present that to the person. So we say, you claim this, actually, this is what we found. Do you want to comment? Do you think we've missed something? Do you think we're wrong? We can include your comment, and then we publish. All right. I mean, and then what, what is the point of all this? What, what, is, what is the mischief you're trying to solve? So 
But there are a few points. Um, broadly, our our mandate, our aim is to improve accuracy in the public debate because I think, I mean, in this room, we've probably all had experiences of uh, debating, you know, debating topics, discussing topics where one side or the other doesn't have accurate information and you can't actually um, reach a conclusion or find common ground on the issue because you can't even agree on what the issue is. Um, so having an accurate understanding of issues is, is really important for us to advance public debate. We need to make sure we can agree on the ground facts so that we can hash out the nitty gritty of like what should be done. So um, another important part of fact checking and, and something which Africa Check feels very strongly about is that Policies, interventions, solutions should be evidence-based. Um, and if you if you can't identify and outline and understand a problem, it's very difficult to address that problem. And we see it whether you know we're talking about healthcare, whether we're talking about sexual violence, whether we're talking about farm murders. Um, you can't put your thumb on a problem and start trying to solve it if you don't know what the problem actually is. Okay, so I think. Where I think a lot of people would agree with most of what you've said, yeah. and and certainly method, process, etc., mm. isn't where the debate is. Maybe there's nuanced debate, but where people generally have a problem is that they feel that the fact checkers, like who are the moral arbiters, mm. right? So, so who decided that Africa Check's one example? Who decided that Africa Check is the sort of the moral arbiters of what is correct in, mm. say, the African context. Um, and then the allied part of that is the ideo ideological um, issues, which is people will look at you brought PolitiFact up, for example. Mm. It seems, at least to those on uh, conservatives in America, they would say that PolitiFact is public, uh, politicized and essentially they're partisan. Mm. And that, yes, Maybe 50, 60% of the time they finding out the truth and they're stating it as it is on both sides. Um, but when they get the opportunity to kind of skew something, especially on hot topic issues, mm. um, they do that. And that's where people kind of lose trust in the mm. fact checkers. So, um, what's your response to ideology and bias? How do you prevent it? I mean, that's the key. Yeah. Question. Okay. So your first, your first point was, you know, who made Africa check the moral arbiter sure. of truth in South Africa? The answer is no one. Yeah. <laughs> we are not the moral arbiter of truth in South Africa. Um, and we, we don't pretend to be. Um, we don't claim to be. What, what we always say is that, um, and it sounds like a bit of a, a trite throwaway line is that we don't want people to trust us. Do not trust Africa check. And I think a lot of the problem is that, there are certain sections of our supporters, people who read us, you know, groups in South Africa who present us that way as though, you know, we speak the gospel um, and whatever we say, you know, sure, has. If you're having a farm murder argument with someone yeah. uh, and you uh, don't believe there's farm murders or they're a big problem or something, someone might cite one of your articles. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, – so I've, I've worked quite extensively on the topic of farm murders um, and – I I never expected that it would become the defining <laughs> characteristic of my very early career. Um, but I think that w we see on both sides of that topic um, people using and dismissing our work without actually interrogating it. So – I'm very shocked to hear that. Are you? <laughs> Absolutely shocked to hear that. So um, what I actually find um, – I find it quite gratifying is that, so we produced, um, 
to three pieces on farm murders. So we produced a fact sheet, which summarizes, it's sort of a literature review. It summarizes all the research, all the data, every study that's ever been done on farm murders. It's incredibly long. It's like 2,500 words. Um, I'm amazed that on average people spend about eight minutes on that page, which is incredible for a website. Um, but on, on Twitter, I have a couple different, um, little searches and every time someone shares an Africa check article with the URL, I can see it. And it's really gratifying to see people who think that farm murders are a huge problem and that there's a white genocide and they think that there's a government conspiracy sharing that fact sheet as proof. And then five minutes later, people who think that farm murders aren't a problem and that it's overblown and that, you know, um, the likes of Afri forum have a conspiracy themselves sharing it as proof of that. And it shows you how people can interpret facts differently. Um, and I think it's a credit to our work that that information is used by both sides. Sorry, Kate, isn't that really depressing in some farm ways? Murders, no, yes. no, 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 not farm murders. <laughs> the fact that you can have what, what you would claim an, a factual a fact sheet hmm. and, and different people use it for different means. Um, it, that is frustrating. Um, but, but I think it also – shows that so there are two there are two possibilities there um either people are reading it and actually um thinking about it and you know getting to the bottom of it which i I'm, i'd be very surprised if most people got to the bottom of it because it's really long and then they're like yes this i understand this and i'm going to share it or people are just reading the top and thinking oh this probably supports what i think so i'm just going to share it um but It's it's tricky, um, but it's frustrating. It's tricky. A lot of fact-checking is frustrating because at the end of the day, facts often aren't enough to change people's minds. But I think it's a, a credit to that fact sheet that it has been presented in a very – we can talk about objectivity – in a very objective way with no editorial comment, with, with no interpretation. It's literally the facts. And it presents information that took me about four months to collect – some of that, you couldn't find it. Um, I had to go and get a rural safety strategy from the police. I had to get reports that weren't online. Yeah. And it's an enormous resource. How people use that is not up to me. And people can use it for whatever means they want. But the fact that the information is useful to people is important. Uh, okay, so there's that there's a there's a fact sheet which is which is two and a half thousand words long and most people don't read through and don't get to uh, they just find the snippets that they want mm -hmm. for for their purposes i agree with you that facts don't tell the full story a man shoots woman that's a fact maybe mm -hmm. but it doesn't tell you anything about context that's mm -hmm. why narrative does matter um a man shoots woman through door of bathroom, uh, it, suddenly there's a whole bunch of different contexts to yeah. that. Um, or man shoots woman rushing at him with a knife, yeah. different context. So, um, fine, but the, the you know, the, the fact sheet's one thing, but then if you're publishing a story which does have some sort of editorial mm. um, statement or mm. does say, I think where, where the issue comes in is people look at it and go, Sometimes I've felt on your website, sometimes you go one plus one equals four mm -hmm. and I'm going, I, I don't understand how you got there because you've, you've kind of said all this stuff. And then I feel like you started off with a statement and then you find kind of a way to get to the statement right now. That's not always true. And I think, I think this is the thing about once again, my example of PolitiFact. I think that for the mm -hmm. most part, what they do is above board, correct, etc. But I think that on some issues, 
they clearly seem to stray. I think Africa Czech um, can be accused certainly by some sides of doing the same thing. Um, but in terms of ideology and bias, I'm more mm. interested in, you know, you uh, you came on the show, you you told everyone you're coming on the show, and you got a whole bunch of George Soros mm. stuff thrown at you. The puppet um, poster. It, sure. Um, and I, I – the the problem is is I don't buy the entire George Soros conspiracy, mm. but I also am not foolish enough to believe a ninety year old billionaire who's been putting money into essentially left wing causes his entire life didn't want some sort of outcome as a result of that. So um, to to tell me that he 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 he's just a humanitarian when he only funds certain things and he only seems to like certain outcomes and he always supports certain political candidates doesn't seem to me to be true. He's controlling everything that's also objectively to me not, not true. Um, so the, the real question is you guys get money from Soros. You also get money from someone I find more concerning, um, which is the um, uh, with an M. Sorry. Millennium Trust. Uh, no, Pierre Mandiar. Is it Mandiar? Is it? Uh, oh, a Mediar. Mediar, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's more concerning than Soros, frank, frankly, um, if I were to worry about a bias of a funder. Um, but for example, you know, those funders I don't would probably be pro government healthcare, single payer nationalized healthcare, mm. if I were to guess. Mm. And uh, so they fund you guys, maybe they give you no directive, but that's what they're for. Erin Motswaledi says rubbish about private healthcare all the time. All the time. Every time he opens his mouth about the private healthcare system, he's making a lie, pretty much. Um and or there's some sort of untruth in there, uh, which he's twisting to to his benefit, uh, and he he doesn't get fact checked. So the question is not what you do check. The question is what you don't into a hole. check. Come on, Jonathan, go. dig, dig. So go. Do you know what you just revealed? You haven't read our website. I, I haven't read your. No. I haven't read your do you know whole what website. You've read? Farm murders. I haven't. I've read lots of things on your website. Like although, what? admittedly, after a few years ago, and after unfortunately, people who work at your at your company uh, went after us. I have spent a lot less time on your website. But this is the thing, and I think um, I think I think bias is fascinating, and I would wager that your opinion of us is biased by my opinion is biased. Yes, yeah, is biased because of. Your opinion on farm murders? Oh, no, I'm okay. Carry on. Yeah. Um, and your experiences with some of um, my colleagues. But what you haven't done is you haven't actually given us a fair chance and you haven't interrogated our work um, and seen whether we have fact checked Matsuledi, which we have. And I can tell you what we found. <laughs> you can tell me what you found. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, this is the thing is like, I, you said, okay, so I think, I mean, I listened to the show. Um, and I know that you guys are very anti-NHI, um, and I, I thought this would be a perfect example, so I'm so happy you, you brought it up. Um, so we, we have fact-checked actually a lot about healthcare. I um, have read some of your, your healthcare stuff as it happens. Yeah, which one? I can't remember. I read tons <laughs> of stuff on the internet every day. No. So, um, mostly InfoWars. Mostly InfoWars. You did something on the NHI probably last year yeah, sometime, so which was actually semi-anti-NHI, but it wasn't anti, it was kind of anti the implementation. But, but you see, we would never do something anti-NHI. So this is the thing, is we, we don't decide um, we're pro-NHI or we're pro-ANC or we're anti-DA. Um, we have to have a claim. So someone has to say something that appears to be factual that can be verified. So we, um, 
we there are actually two quite interesting things we've done in health recently. Um, but we looked at a claim by Minister Motswaledi where he was doing a presentation on NHI and, and how you know it needs to be introduced, and he had a slide. Show presentation. He said um, the private sector only provides healthcare to 16% of the population, and he was arguing that mm-hmm. um, South Africa is a country where an enormous amount of money is invested in a very small part of the population through private healthcare. And we fact-checked that claim, um, and we found it to be misleading because he was using the percentage of people who had medical aid not the percentage of people who use private healthcare. And when you actually look at a breakdown of people who use private healthcare, you'll find that it's about, the estimates are about 28% of households. And if you look at people older than 15, it's about 42% of people. And that's because there's a lot of cross-sector utilization. Um, So you just said that we have in fact checked the minister about his statements about NHI and about healthcare, but we clearly have. All right, so you've checked the minister in one particular claim. I'm, 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 I'm pointing out a trend. That's what I was trying to get to with, with regards to bias and ideology. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we'll get to farmers. As it happens, I'm, I really was very, you can ask Ramon, uh, very uninvested in farmers, frankly, until, uh, recently. And I think, uh, not necessarily organization, but journalists have helped to, to, to cause the, the, this almost state of panic around farm murders by trying to deny farm murders and, and also by doing things like lumping the words of genocide mm. in with mm. farm murder, which no serious advocate has been saying Agreed. ever. Um, yeah. I mean, know, we don't want, we're not blaming Kate. No, no, I'm some, I, I, didn't, else, I right? didn't, it's not Africa check that I necessarily has done that. Um, but okay, let's get on to, so just wait, Soros Jonathan, funding. Jonathan, yeah. okay, do you apologize for saying no, that no, 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 no. Africa Check didn't check health? No. Oh, yeah, I will check that you've, you've never checked the minister. But the, the I, thing, there's yeah. a trend, right? So for me, it's not about – so I take the word never back, no problem. <laughs> but the point is, the point is this. The, the checking seems to go in a certain direction, and that to me seems to say, well, that Soros money isn't completely exempt of condition. You know, you guys are focused on Nigeria at the moment, yes. right? Why? Like, because the most populous like, country in Africa. Okay, and is there a, is there a reason you suddenly chose Nigeria? It's regional, so we have offices in you know South Africa and Kenya, mm-hmm. Nigeria and Senegal, okay. so that we can cover the regions. All right, and Nigeria is a focus at the moment, just cause. A focus in what way? Well, it's top three stories I think on your website. At the oh moment. yeah, so um, so it's it's it sort of. It's, it's, um, and there's an upcoming election there, that you know. Yeah, there's you know. also an upcoming election here. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but but you, I, so, I'm sorry to interrupt, Kay. I don't think Nigeria is very important to our conversation. No, by I, any means. here's the thing. All I want to know is how much sugar does George take in his cup of tea <laughs> every Monday morning at the meeting with Africa Check? One and a half. One and a half. Yeah. I bloody knew it. And it's white milk, not almond No, Ramon milk. takes no sugar at the meeting of the whites. Um, the, the, all I'm, uh, so, Fine, I'll give you the platform to say that, that there's no influence. You guys get funding from mm. leftist sources. Mm. They are identified as mm. leftist sources. It's simple as that. Um, if we got money from the Koch brothers, mm. people would go money from right-wing source, mm. right? Um, are you saying that that money has no influence on what you do and you're unbiased? Okay. Um, um, I, I, I'm going to answer that question. I just want to take a step back. Sure. When it comes to… You know, you're saying that you said there seems like there's a trend. Um, it's, it's very hard for me to, um, answer a question about a trend, a trend which you think seems to exist. Like you can give me examples and I can answer them, but I can't, I can't 
speak to a trend which you can't substantiate yourself. So um, I think that what also makes it difficult is that we need people to make claims. Like we are not going out to prove that NHI is, NHI is good or NHI is bad. We need someone in the public domain to make a claim about NHI and then we will fact check it. So it has to be about the cost of NHI. How many people will be under it? Um, yes, because like we, 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 we apply our – our fact-checking is incredibly narrow. We, When we fact-check a claim, is it right or is it wrong? What context do you need to understand? Done. We do not go broad. We do not include um, editorial stuff that isn't relevant to the claim. So if you – this is the thing is you can suggest claims. If you find a claim about NHI that you think should be fact-checked, you can send it to us and we will consider it and then it can be fact-checked. Um, and unless people suggest those claims to us, um, it's very difficult – to, to fact check them. And here comes the ideological point. Okay. How do you decide what gets fact checked yes. when okay. people send you stuff? Okay. Are we going to talk about this now or the ideological part? <laughs> it's fine. Carry on in <laughs> your, <laughs> on your train. Maybe you'll answer it. Um, okay. So how do we decide? Um, so we have a number of different ways. So, and this is part of, you know, where the, the issue of bias and ideology comes in is that, um, I live in my bubble. Um, the people who work at Africa Check live in their own bubble. Africa Check as an organization lives in a bubble. And the media we read, the people we follow on Twitter, the newspapers we buy um, is informed and feeds into that bubble. So that will affect the claims that we come across and the claims that we check. Because if if we aren't seeing claims which are made in other bubbles, sure. then we can't check them because we're not seeing them. So, so innate bias exists, right? Because that's I just standard. I haven't denied standard. it, though. Sure. Okay. <laughs> let, let Kate finish, Jonathan. Switch off your own mic for once. Um, so, so that's that's the because I think I think um, ideology and bias is interesting because it's like different levels. Like um, a bias as an organization, um, bias as individual researchers. Like there are lots of different layers that we can talk about. So we look for claims. Um, we also try to identify topical issues. So, you know, health is important to us. Um, service delivery is important to us. The elections coming up will be important to us. So, so we will, we will think, you know, what's important to cover. Um, and that will be influenced by what we think is important. Um, then about a third to half, depending on the year or the month of our, the claims we checked are reader suggested. So people on Twitter, um, people on Facebook, people on, who submit through our website, when they read something or hear something, they can send it to us and then we'll consider it. Um, it's not a given. It's, it's an editorial decision. It's a resource decision. Um, but what's, what lots of people don't understand about fact-checking is that it can be quite tricky to find something that you can check. Because like I pointed out earlier, you have to have – a claim which normally includes a number of some sort because then it means that it's been measured. And if something's been measured, measured, then there's a methodology. You have to have a time frame. You have to have a region. Um, and there, there are very few, actually very few statements which can be checked. So we could never, we would never fact check a statement that NHI is the best healthcare solution for South Africa because that's an opinion. Do you believe that? What, that, do I agree with you? Or no, that I, NHI is the best healthcare solution. Well, I believe healthcare. the opposite. Yes. And I could ask Roman, I could ask my mom, I could ask my neighbor, and everyone would have a different opinion. And possibly, you could all provide statistics that would be correct, that would appear to support your argument. We can't fact-check opinions. So, what we need is we need people listening to the show to 
when they see a claim that they think needs to be fact-checked, to send it to us so that we can check it. Oh, I think Kate's a wonderful propagandist. <laughs> you can fact-check that. Okay, no, do you want to... I think you make a very compelling case for... I think people misunderstand what fact-checking is about. Mm. You need a claim first, and then you look at that claim yeah. and see whether it's true or not. You're not making a claim about politics generally or economics no. or ideologies generally. Yeah. And there must, there must still be biases. It's a, it's a human uh, concept. Um, mm. Africa Check is a human concept mm. run by human beings who have emotions, who have biases, who have uh, everything that makes them human. So obviously not everything's correct. And I think people somehow, is for some reason, they see like a sort of like these supreme arbiters of, of fact. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And, yeah. Then, and then when you get it wrong, they're like, oh, you, you know, everything else is wrong. So yeah, just, but just I, poison the well. I actually... I don't like getting things wrong, but when we get things wrong, it's the phrase, it's a good teaching moment. Like when we get something wrong, it's a chance to show to pe- show people we're not perfect. Like this is a, a it's a, it is a methodology. It's a sort of an academic process that you apply and sometimes you make mistakes. Um, and that's why we don't want people to just accept our work as gospel. So when we publish a report, um, Roman told me when we had coffee the other day that he thought thinks most of our stuff is boring. <laughs> and it is boring. A lot of it is boring. Um, because it's like, we spoke to a spokesman who told us that you needed to go to the Department of Health. We spoke to the Department of Health who said they didn't know where the statistic was from. So we then went to this expert who helped us find this database and their methodological issues with the database. Like, it's not thrilling. Um, it's, it's just a boring methodology that we apply over and over again. But we do it in that boring, way that with so much detail so that you can follow it and you can replicate it. And we link to all our data and all the research and we name all our sources. So if you think we've got it wrong, you can try replicate it. And if you get a different answer, you can tell us. And we have made corrections on our website. And I, and I think the point is not to be 100% correct. It's just to be accountable yeah. when it's not correct. Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think it's a bit more complex than that for me because the way the world is structured now and with social media and, and we see this all the time with U.S. publications mm. and, and, and ones that were formerly respected. You know, we're talking about uh, the Washington Post, mm. the New York Times, who have made mistakes that are not mistakes um, mm. they, they, in recent times. Um, you know, my issue is, is that something will go viral. This is not an Africa check problem, but it could be in future. Something will go viral. It will get 5,000 retweets and 50,000 shares. And then what happens is one of two things. Either the people, when it's turned out to, to be untrue, either they double down on it or they apologize. But the apology is 50 tweets, 50 retweets, um, you know, 50 shares as opposed to the 50,000. And I think, so I think that does create a bigger burden on mm. the, on the journalistic industry to try and get things actually right. The, the problem is, is you can vaporize your, um, credibility. Uh, very quickly. Um, and I think, I think publications like, I mean, the New York Times, I really think 10 years ago, the New York Times, it was never, but it would have been seen to be more bipartisan. And now there's no way it's, it gets seen to be bipartisan. And part of that is because of the way the politics have moved in the United States. But part of it is also that they've done completely partisan things in the past two mm-hmm. years. Um, and so they vaporized that bipartisan mm. view. Uh, that they had or well, people had of them. Uh, so I, I think 
you know, the corrections are fine and well, but I'm not sure that that's, that, that, that might teach you something internally, but it could cause a lot of damage to brand. And it certainly, um, ca- causes the damage, whatever that is. But, but, but I, sorry, Kate, before you, before you answer, but, but Jonathan, I mean, who, who do, who do you really trust as someone who's the, the well, I, I arbiter tr- of truth? No, but, but just listen to me yeah. because Gus Silber was on here mm. two years ago by now and mm. he had a very good point. He said, you know what? You must be as promiscuous as possible. Sexually, no, not sexually. Uh, with reading, you need Gus to read as many sources as possible. I don't mind uh, promiscuity with sexually either, by the way. But you must read as many newspapers, sources, um, reports, blogs, podcasts. I listen to twenty different podcasts with you know twenty myriad uh, logical, political, economic um, views on them, and I enjoy them all, mm. and I learn from all of them equally mm. in some respects. Um, so, I mean, to hold. Africa check to like this, this very high standard, knowing very well that they are fallible humans like us. And I'm not defending you by any means, but I, I sort of understand the constraints of what it means to be a, a fact checker. I think it's, you, you can't have both. You can't want someone to be the absolute, absolute arbiter of truth. And then when they get it wrong, just like, you know, hammer their face into the wall. I think there's a view that fact checkers, which you've already said you aren't, but I think there is a general public perception that there's the political milieu and the news, etc., over here, um, sort of at a certain level. And above that sits the fact checkers. And once everyone's had their say within the news cycle, within the political milieu, then what happens is the fact checkers come in um, and they sit above all of this. And are superior in some respects, and they then say what's correct and what's incorrect. Yeah, and so the people that hold that view are wrong. So the people are wrong, not the mm-hmm. fact checkers. But do you not do you not think that maybe that belief that fact checkers are more trustworthy or the arbiters of truth? Um, there, there could be a lot of factors that contribute to that. But do you not think it's maybe a, a transparency about methodology that lends at that is that if you read, like, it drives me crazy. I have to, we fact check the media all the time mm. and the media gets wrong all the time. Mm. And it drives me crazy when I read a, a, a news report on something and they, they reference a study or they reference research that's been done and they don't link to it. Yeah. They don't link to it. Whereas, so there's no transparency. They're anonymous sources. You don't link to the research. It's probably a PR press release that just got recycled. And so you can't interrogate it. Because you can't even access the journalist. Maybe you can go on Twitter. Whereas mm. the the process of fact-checking is transparent. And I think that lends it a credibility. It doesn't make us the arbiters of truth. Um, but I think that's what, what for some people, makes fact-checking more trustworthy. I think, I think the methodology is one area. I think personality is another area. I think, you know, something like Africa Check has – People involved with, with it or who have been involved with it who are very supportive of it, let's keep the support away because people who support the show who are white nationalists, mm. we don't agree with them. Mm. And just because they support the show doesn't create guilt by association. But, um, you know, the problem is, is if you've got a strong personality with a very clear ideological mm. position and bias, like I would never expect Africa Check to employ me. Like, because even if I did a very good job and was very straightforward mm. and followed the methodology to fact check, I would expect everyone would be looking at this going, oh, well, of course it found that. Jonathan did it. 
right? And so I don't think that that these organizations are aware enough of that sort of um, opinion. I don't think it does any favors mm. when there are clearly ideological people mm. involved. I um, Go back to the Soros thing. Mm. Um, I know you need the money because you, otherwise you wouldn't exist. Um, and so you take it. And I'm not saying I'm better then because – I'd probably take the money too. Um, and, you know, you guys will tell us, we'll get to the Soros thing actually, because you'll tell us what it means and what it doesn't mean, because a lot of people think it means things it doesn't. Um, but if you, if you, if you're involved in that and you, you, you take in from that side, the, the view is, well, Soros is involved in this. Soros doesn't invest in things that, mm-hmm. that don't cause some sort of leftist shift in the, in the societies they work in. Is there a question there? Well, the question, the question is the, 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 the point. It's not so much a question. I was saying methodology and personality. And, yeah. and I think personality is an issue that's mm. being ignored, both mm. people that work within organizations and where the money is coming from. And I think those are credible okay. arguments against those organizations. Okay. Um, we've had a few interactions on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember them. Sorry. Yeah. You also <laughs> called me a shell a few weeks ago. Was it a few weeks or a few months? A few weeks. Um, but are you sure I used the word chill? It was, it was, it was about Cyril's claim that there are no farm murders, and Africa check checked him and said there are farm and murders. And he said, oh, even the shills are agree with farm murders these days. Something to that effect. I saw the tweet myself. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> so apologize. Okay, um, okay, so I think I'm I not think... apologizing. <laughs> I still think you're shilling. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I think I think you're right. I think personality. Um, plays a big role. Um, I, I have made um, quite a conscious decision not to share my opinions on anything really um, on Twitter. Um, I, I, tend, I tend even not to like tweet links to articles because they, it could be perceived that maybe I support or oppose what the journalist sure. is um, reporting on or the angle. Um, and that's because I, I, be, I, I strongly believe in not inserting myself into my work. Um, because I'd rather debate, um, about, be about my work and not about my personal beliefs. Um, I think though it's, it's a bit of, can be a bit of a facade because I could be like, like the most biased person with the biggest agenda and it could just be a way for me to look objective. So like I see the weakness in that, but I, I strongly believe in, in, in not making my opinions, um, the subject of any debate because they do not matter in the work that I do and the conclusions that I reach. Yes. Which is why you have 2000 followers. I'm not, and, and some journalists who do say what their opinions are have several tens of thousands. Yeah. This is the problem with celebrity yes. journalism. Um, you are not the story. No, I'm not the story. Um, and I don't want to be the story. I want the, my work to, to be the story and it to be debated on its merits. Um, and I think unfortunately that a lot of the debate about, um, and the discussion about fact checking, um, isn't about the merits. It is about the story of ideology or it is about the story of personality. And I, I, I do take your point on personality and I think that, um, Africa Czech has changed a lot. Um, and I think that, um, for the most part, if you looked at our researchers, you wouldn't recognize them from a bar of soap because they don't have online personalities. I probably have the biggest online presence for our researchers. Um, and I think that if, if people believe that one of our researchers or anyone involved in the organization, um, you know, is biased or, um, their personality could be having an effect on the work, then they need to call us out. Um, and then we can either defend ourselves or we can deal with the problem.
So let's go into the stuff that you've actually done. Um, Kate, you are most well known. And if, excuse me if I'm, um, mischaracterizing the work that you did on, mm. on farm murders. But your, your basic conclusion about your piece was that it's practically impossible to find is it the murder ratio of farmers? Was that was that the, the thrust no. of your? So this is this is a this is what's unfortunate about how this this public debate has unfolded. Is that okay? So we have to go way back. So in about 2013, we published a piece by Johann Berger, who works at the Institute for Security Studies, and he wrote an opinion piece for us for our blog, where he argued he spoke about um, the risk that farming communities face, and in it he said that. And we published this, that a farmer is more likely, is at more risk than a policeman. And that was on our website for years. And um, he based that calculation on taking the number of farmers who had been murdered and then an estimate from the 2007 Commercial Agricultural Census that put the number of farmers at around 32,000. And when our current editor, Nymphen Vake, joined, she did um, – a fact check on the claim that 40,000 white families own 80% of South Africa's land. And in that, she ended up looking at the census and she realized that the the denominator for the calculation, which is the 32,000 farmers, was the wrong one to use because it was only VAT-registered farmers. So it, it, any farm or agricultural smallholding that wasn't registered for VAT would not have been included in there. And the effect that had was to increase, it would have inflated the murder rate. So we realized we had to correct that. We spoke to Johan. He said, yes, you're right. I made a mistake. Um, we corrected it. We took it off. And then we realized that we needed to add something to the debate. So we produced the fact sheet. And then when it comes to, like you said, you you found or you argued that it's almost impossible. I didn't find that. I spoke to leading experts on the topic who hold that opinion. Um, I'm not a, a crime statistician. I haven't studied statistics. Um, I'm not a criminologist. Um, I don't have any experience in rural safety. So I went to people who work on this issue mm. um, to, and I got their opinion on it. Um, and, and the thing is, what I think, if, if, if people listening could take one thing away, is that when you hear a statistic about the farm murder rate, ask what are they talking about? Because farm farm murders as defined by the police are a very different thing to people who are trying to estimate a commercial farmer murder rate and we said that it was almost impossible nearly impossible to calculate a murder rate for people living working residing and visiting farms and small holdings because that is the definition of the crime according to the police Yes. Definitely, yeah, according to the police. Yes. So, I mean, all right. I, I think it's a, it's a, what's the problematic part about farm murders is it's also an emotional issue and every farmer has taken it upon themselves to, to make, to campaign for this issue. Mm. Um, I mean, personally, I wouldn't live on a farm. Um, at this rate, I grew up on one. We were attacked three times. So anecdotal evidence doesn't count for much, but I, I wouldn't live on a farm by any means. Uh, now, just, just, just hold on. I, I, if I could, if you wouldn't mind, I just want to talk about some of the things you said. Mm. Um, one is, is this, uh, the appeal to experts. I worry about that because mm-hmm. I also think, for example, a criminologist may have no place to talk about statistics on a farm. They know yeah, about criminology. So, yeah. no, no, I know, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is we need to be very careful about who our experts are. For example, Russell Lamberti, mm. um, had a thread quite a while back yeah, on I read Twitter. It. 
um, which was based on the uh, Marburg article on Politics Web and someone else, um, Marie Louise, yeah. Marie Louise and Tony. Mm. Um, and the argument was essentially that it's not impossible. It just you, your margin of error is going to be greater. Now, Ras is an economist with an incredibly intelligent brain, and if he's if he's making a statistical argument, mm. I would. I would yeah. be, you know, I would listen to you. Take it seriously. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, but we're not talking about the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So we fact-checked two claims made in parliament by MPs yeah. about the farm murder rate as defined by the police. Okay. Russ is talking about calculating a commercial farmer murder rate. Okay. We never tried to do that. All right. So he is not he, – he, he actually you're, – you're trying to match two different issues. He's saying it's not impossible, but he's not actually referring to what we did. He's not referring to the idea of everyone who lives on a farm, everyone who visits yes, a farm, that Because that is the claim that we checked. Okay, I, I don't have Russ in studio, so I don't know if that's exactly not, what no, he's so, referring so, to. No, it is. So I've, I've met with Russ. Um, we've actually met with Russell and we've met with Afi Forum and Ernst a few times okay. to discuss this. Mm. And I know that is, that is what, what, what they're, they're trying they're, to they're do. What they're putting yeah. forward. Okay, so then the, the, the question comes in is um, sometimes – so this is once again where I, where I was talking about a trend. Sometimes mm. it's, it's, it's what you do look at and what you don't mm. look at. So, for example, if they can show that the commercial farm mm. murder rate is greater than that of policemen mm. and far more than the average citizen, mm. why is that not something that matters? Why is that not something that, that – that So I don't think they have shown that yet. Okay. Um, have they made that claim in public yet, or they're still busy? Well, I think that, the, as far as I understand, that that claim has been has been. So, so, so the problem. I mean, Afriforum makes the farm murder claim in general. It's a general. So claim. no. So in um, Ernst's book, um, he he makes um, he has a section where he they try to calculate a range, and I think um, they calculate a range for murders of commercial farmers. Um, Seventy to ninety, I ninety-eight think it or something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so they've done that. Um, I have a few questions about that. Um, but I, I mean, I met. I was invited to attend a, a meeting, like a day-long thing, with um, Russell and um, Ernst and AgriSA and everyone, and we spent like hours discussing, like, how can we calculate this? Because I, I don't like that. The conclusion I reached is that we don't know. That isn't satisfying to me. No, and it's not helpful in any way, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't. Th- it's I don't not th- helpful, but unsubstantiated numbers aren't helpful either. Yeah, I mean, pr- proving the negative is 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 not it's not not, not particularly not particularly well. But what I'm saying is, if I the, 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 okay, here's my question: Do you think the okay? Do you think the commercial farmer rate is higher than the average murder rate in South Africa? Yes, you do. What is that based on? That's based on the the data that seems to exist. That's based on the data that that Ernst has presented. It's based on statistics that Russ has presented. That James Marburg article is is is, is superb. Yeah. Um. Um. I think. Um. The 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 thing is is that is that I I do think that I not only think that the commercial rate is higher. I think that the the farm the farmer murder rate in general. The, anyone living in a rural area, I think that those specifically on farms, I think the murder rate is higher. Okay. But then you have to define what so, a farm okay, is. So, right? what? How? As a percentage, how certain of you are that? Probably I don't know eighty ninety percent. Okay. So so you do highly think, highly highly. Okay. You see, sure. the thing is, when it comes Certain. to me, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, 
I, when it, I think this issue is so hard to debate because it is so technical. And that isn't a, like a, a shitty um, excuse like, oh, we can't actually discuss this with you. It's so technical. But if you look at the issue of how you're going to calculate it, are you going to look at commercial farmers? If you're looking at commercial farmers, the latest estimate we have is from 2007. So it's over 10 years old. If we look at that, then it means we have to exclude all victims who are farmers that weren't registered for VAT. And you know what? No one has released those numbers. AFRIFORM hasn't released those numbers. TAU hasn't released these, those numbers. And if the organizations that whose mandate it is to protect those people aren't releasing those numbers and being transparent about it, how can anyone verify or check on the numbers that are being shared? And then, and then other than that, you also have people living on, on plots who are not necessarily so, yeah. farmers. So, for example, another problem is um, AFRIFORM doesn't follow the police's definition. So... A lot of the debate about SAPS's numbers being wrong and AFRIFORM's numbers showing more murders is because they're not measuring the same thing. According to the definition, people who die on farms must be included and people who die on small holdings that are primarily agricultural must be included. AFRIFORM includes people murdered on small holdings that are not agricultural. Okay, um, but are in farming communities. But that's not – no. So they um, – a few years ago, um, the couple, the Soliks, were murdered in the Midlands, and they were living at the Bend, which is a luxury housing estate, mm. um, and they were included. There's no agriculture at the Bend. It's a luxury housing estate. Okay, so I would agree that doing something like that would be fudging the, the – that would fudge the stats. Um, You'd need to see how often that that happens. Uh, you're saying they don't release, the, they haven't released their stats. So I've, I as far as them, I know, they have released some of them at least. Yeah. So in our fact sheet, we we have stats from everyone. So we have stats from the police, we have stats from AfriForum, and we have stats from TAU because mm -hmm. we we don't hold an opinion on which stats are right because it's you can't verify them. We can't verify the police's statistics. Although They're, you did nail the police on yeah. on their statistics being wrong recently. Yeah. But that's different. That's how you calculate the murder rate. Yeah, and they use the wrong population estimate. Yeah. But I, we have never said AFRIFORM's numbers are wrong. We've pointed out the fact that they're not counting the same thing. Um, but if I, I will, I will put on the record, um, you said you thought James's piece was superb. Um, I think if he's right, it is superb. Um, I haven't been able to replicate what he did. And I've been, this is the thing is like, I've spent the last 18 months every week I work on farm murders because mm. I, I want to find out what it is. So I've tried lots of things. I went to SARS and I got all the enterprises that were registered as agricultural enterprises because I thought, oh, no one's done that. Maybe we can find out how many agricultural enterprises there are. Did that, then spoke to um, Statisse and SARS about it. And they said, probably not going to work because there's a lot of misclassification. So there could be some enterprises registered as agricultural, but they're not. So that didn't work. Um, I've spent since May when James published that piece, I've spent all those months trying to replicate it. I would bet I would I'd challenge you go to that piece mm. and try find the numbers he used from the community survey. I can't find them. Okay, so so what I'm saying is, if if Russell figures it out yes. and he can substantiate it, hmm. if James Myberg figures it out and he could substantiate it and it's replicable, if Ernst figures it out, if anyone figures it out, but it seems like no one will figure it. Figure, so this is my problem. There's a slightly moving goalpost here, because what's happening is um, there's a there's this definition, mm 
And then when someone finds something against a slightly different definition, mm. that definition is not good enough. So then the definition – so, for example, if the commercial farmer rate is higher, yeah. that's still a problem, right? Yes. Can we agree yes. on that? And, yes. Um, and so, if, if Russell – and I know that Russell is working on this. If Russell can show that the commercial farming rate is higher um, – and, you know, all of the methodology and the limitations. And I think what they'll probably do is they'll have, they'll work out a range. Mm, yeah. Um, if it, if it can be duplicated, if it, you know, if the numbers check out, then I will update that fact sheet and I will say, according to X, Y, and Z, who calculated whatever murder rate we're looking at, mm. this is the estimate. But I think what a lot of what everyone is suffering from is just bad state data. Because it's the state's duty to have this sort of data, I suspect. Um, or is it? Because they do these surveys often and they do the What the, surveys? Uh, the, the, not the surveys. The, That's SA releases all the statistics. So you would assume they have some… On what? They should have a lot. Well, they should have a large database on everything. The state knows everything but, about all of us. But so that's the tricky thing is that the collation um, of data is clearly poor. There isn't, there isn't data on so much. Conducting good research to get good data takes an enormous amount of money and True. it takes an enormous amount of yeah. time. Do you know that the last time we had a national reporting rate for rape in South Africa was 1998? Yeah. So that's the thing is, okay. if we don't, we don't have, we don't have good data on farm murders. Yeah. We don't have good data on I'm sexual glad, violence. I, I never thought I'd say this, and, but I'm glad you brought up rape. And, um, <laughs> no, but, and, and that's, and that's, I want to get into yes, question. Hold on, John, hold on one second. Yeah. And, and that's the fundamental problem. Hmm. You're not playing off the same cricket field. Yeah. And you're not talking about the same things. And I feel very strongly that, <coughs> that the people who, so, for example, James published that piece. Yeah. Um, I tried to do what he did last year, and I couldn't. But somehow he's appeared to manage to do it. Even Have you though, asked him how he got there? Yes. I've had a long conversation with him. I spoke to him for an hour and a half. After Mary Louise published her piece, I spoke to her for an hour and a half. That's the thing. It's like, I don't want to win this. This isn't something for me to win. I mean, we can assume um, everyone has good intentions here. And I think, I, I think everyone I don't does. think you should assume that. I, th I don't think anyone should assume that uh, I have good should, intentions. You shouldn't assume it. Okay. Um, people yeah, should look at the good work. Good intentions are, yeah. are, are biased as well. Yeah, but no, What's what I'm good? saying is, I, I'm, we are going to respond to James's piece, but yeah. I have to be able to verify the numbers he used. And I've been working with StatsSA for months to do this. And I'm not just going to respond and dismiss it. And he didn't it. tell you where he got his data. He says he got it from StatsSA, mm -hmm. but he won't say from who at StatsSA. Oh, okay. So he's got an inside source, basically, is what he is. is I don't know. Claim. He wouldn't say. He's okay. a good journalist. Um, to reveal his sources. No, that's what he said. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so just. You want to talk about rape? No. Well, w you brought up the rape topic, and I think. You know, there's, there's whether the exact number's correct. And mm. like even Russ says, you know, you might be 10 to 20% off in the, in the number. For rape? For, no, for, he's talking about farm murders. Oh, but, okay. um, you say we don't have a, a stat on rape. We, we, we can all agree on certain fundamentals. Murder is bad, for example. Therefore, when murder happens on a farm, it's also bad. Rape is bad. We know we don't have good statistics. Um, we all, everyone agrees on this. There's yeah. no, I would hope there's no disagreement. On what? You know, on these things but being bad, on these, being on these, bad. on these crimes being evil, yes. right? Um, we, we, we get locked up in, in, in certain things. So now, even now we're locked up in whether these statistics are correct. Um, rape, for example, we'll, we'll probably never get the statistics. I think you guys published a report some time back, which said something to the effect of these are what the rape statistics probably are. You looked at the, a woman raped every six seconds, I think it is. Um, 
and the finding was probably untrue, I think, yeah, if I'm so correct. Yeah, so in all of our rape stuff, our conclusions are unproven. But, but, but the problem with rape is that we know that many rapes are not reported. Yes. So even if we had the perfect stats, we knew every single rape and every mm. single person who was raped mm. in the country and that data was somewhere, we still wouldn't know everyone who was raped. Um, so the, 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 the issue is, is, is and, and how it relates to farm murders, for example, is have you checked the 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 – the claim that farm murders are more brutal than other murders? No, because how would you check that? I, I don't know. Is anyone else having their arms and hands drilled into or some similar okay, kind but, of so to make brutality? That, you, see, this is, you see, this is where, where it becomes a bit callous. Um, Fact-checking can be very cold. Yeah, sure. Um, it's numbers, not people. It's numbers. Um, but in order for me to check if farm murders are more brutal, I would, first of all, we need to define brutality and, and define what acts of violence were brutal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where's the line? Is like punching someone brutal or not brutal? You know, like we need a line to decide what is brutal or not. I think, I mean, you can find those lines. I, okay, I, they, no, that, no, that's fine. I can Long conversation. That. Then, then you would need a representative sample of farm murder victims and a representative sample of the types of violence meted out on people who weren't on farmers. And then you could make the comparison. And we don't even have the farm numbers. Is, is, yeah. Is the so you're point. asking, you're asking, you're, you're suggesting that I, I haven't checked something which is, that should be checked, but it would be almost it's, impossible to check it that. It's unknowable. It's not what I'm, I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that, you know, this is a massive issue. You said you never thought this would become what it's become, really. Mm. Um, and I think part of that, uh, and perhaps this isn't really an Africa check thing. There certainly doesn't seem to be a you thing at all because you seem very focused on the numbers and the research, which mm. is your job. Uh, but I think a lot of, a lot of the anger and a lot of the outrage around the farm murder stuff isn't about the statistical fact. I don't think most people care whether that rate is seven times higher than the population three times. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters to them what the actual number is. I think what matters to them is that there's this brutal thing going on. That is true. Um, there, there are plenty of examples of murders where you do not need to rape a seven-year-old child and then beat her to death and burn her. Um, you, you don't need to put people into bathtubs and electrocute them. You, you just don't need to do these things. There's, there's crime in this country which is vicious. It affects Everyone, mm-hmm. and in some communities worse, and those are not farming communities, townships, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 there. It's different types of violence which are more sort of routine. But, sorry, Jonathan, to interrupt. But like, what is your your greater point? What, are you saying that they're diminishing? I think I think the point. I think the point is we we we're, we're having this argument about whether the rate is X or Y mm. or whether we can even get to the rate mm. and what the anger that's created. And so all I'm asking on a personal level, the anger that's created is people are going, but you're ignoring the problem. Mm. And that's where the outrage is. Is that like, do, yeah. you, do you get that? No, I do get that. Um, Look, that's a feeling and I'm yeah. not a big feelings over facts person. <laughs> so, I, I, but, but I, I think we need to understand the context within within which we all work and live. Yes, no, and I, I that is it. I understand that, but I think it's interesting that 
Earlier in the show, I asked you, um, do you think that farmers have a, a higher rate of murder than average South African? And you said yes, and you're pretty certain about yes, that. Yes, 80 to 90%. But now you're saying, but the statistic doesn't actually matter. No, I'm, I'm not saying – So that, you, can't, you can't use I'm saying whether it's seven it, or eight or two or three, it doesn't matter. I know. Both but, would be more. But you can't say farmers um, – so first of all, I think Afri Forum has every right to advocate against farm murders. Yeah, I think, of course they do. Yes. It's a free society. I know. Shit. But th- lots of people think that we don't think that. Lots of people think that we're anti-Afriform. We're not anti-Afriform. But if there is an argument being made that a certain group, whether it's farmers or black lesbians in townships or women, women children. are being killed at a higher rate and you base at least part of your advocacy on that you can't then turn around and say well it's about feelings the statistics actually don't matter so what i'm saying That's is not what i said <laughs> but what you're saying is that it the number doesn't matter i'm saying that it's higher than i'm the saying average. that we've had a, a that lengthy words. discussion as as higher than the average yeah. we had a lengthy discussion about whether it's possible mm. or not possible mm. i've said whether it's seven or eight or two or three that doesn't matter because the, uh, the the ultimate answer there is it's more, exactly as Ramon said. But we don't know that's the ultimate um, answer. And and so when that when when you we're still having that debate about that the, those numbers, mm-hmm. and we're ignoring this exceptionally brutal sort of crime spree, um, which all farmers really want is the government to pay some attention. That's mm-hmm. all they really want. They want the government to go. Oh, those units we used to have in rural areas. You can have them back. That you know, the, the, the thing I find so interesting is that the people who listen to the show, I'm sure, you know, who um, more come from maybe your perspective, or they think they're from your perspective. But put it this way: they're anti the farm murder narrative. They're anti Afri Forum. Okay, you're not anti Afri Forum, but they may be. Mm-hmm. And I'm pro Afri Forum, and I think what they're doing is very good. And the thing is, is they think that winning that fight, which they want to win, some people want to win this fight. Um, is done by uh, claiming that Afri Forum are talking shit and calling them alt-right and mm-hmm. all of these types yeah, of but, things. Uh, Jonathan, with right? respect, you keep like meandering around here. Are you saying that – let, let, let's stick to the, the basics here. Are you saying that Kate's research gives – weaponizes Afri Forum opponents? I'm saying Kate's research certainly is part of the weapons that gets used to – Which is misused, to, as well, she explained. Like well, we can't – She brought up the fact sheet. Uh, that's – I think is fair. That's a fair thing that might get misused because, as you said, you just stated the fact. But you've published other stuff on 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 thing yeah. which is controversial. Uh, so, put it that way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, pu- I published the analysis where, um, and it wasn't actually a fact check. We we published it as an analysis because there was so much uncertainty. We didn't give it a rating. Um, if we did give it a rating, it would probably be unproven. And what unproven means is that there is no information that supports or refutes the claim. It could be true but there's nothing that supports it. And the claims that we checked of those MPs in Parliament. Um, the, other, the other thing that I published was a pretty hard swipe at Ernst um, and AFRI Forum in December last year, um, where I questioned whether they actually cared about getting farm murder stats right. And I think that I believe that historically they haven't. Um, and if you look at... You think they don't care about it, though? The I mean, numbers. That's a, that's a no, the numbers. numbers. Okay. The numbers. I think they care deeply about farmers. No, no, they don't care about getting the numbers right. Though. I, I think that it, it, it hasn't been a, a, a huge priority because, I mean, if you look at um, Ernst's book, mm. um, 
on one page on the left, he says, you know, using TAU numbers, they, it was calculated that the murder rate was 156 per 100,000 in 2017. And that was in October last year. It was like times live farmers 4.5 times more likely to be murdered. However, on the next page, when he actually runs through the calculation, for the same year, he gets an estimate of 75 to 98. But they released that 156 number. And if you ask them how they calculate it, they can't tell you. Right. And that's the thing is like, I think now people are caring more about getting the numbers right because there's a, a reputational issue that if you don't get the numbers right, then someone's going to come well, after you. Well, no, I think, no, Jonathan, it's people my turn. care about it's getting my the numbers right. Speak. Okay. So you interrupted me before I never finished my point. You've been having points for 20 minutes now. So that I think, so put it this way. I think now they do care because yeah, I, because they've got a monolith to deal with. Oh my God. Is that me? Just no. Let Kate They've got speak. AFRI for him to deal with, Let right? That Kate was the point speak. I was making Wait, about, I'm cutting Ramon off. That was the point I was making about, <laughs> that was the point I was making about, um, uh, AFRI for him and essentially you, Wait, what's who's happened? the monolith? The monolith is AFRIFORUM, oh, right? Okay. The people who are anti-AFRIFORUM. Yes. AFRIFORUM was an, a small, relatively unknown group, never in our mainstream media, Except never for us. spoken we about. We them before farm murders. They've been around for several years before yeah. you fact-checked them. Yeah. Okay. And the point is, is they were an essential unknown. And because people have been so quick to call them out unfairly, in my opinion. I agree. All right. They have... They have made, they've Streisand affected Afriforum into the forefront of the media, or into the forefront of discussion. What does this have to do with African and Czech? So, then? so are they just using her research for nefarious means? Well, can you blame Africa Czech for that? You can, yes or no? Kate said she took a swipe at Ernst and Afriforum. Because so she's part he, of and it he in took some a swipe respect. back. Yeah. It's fine to have jousting in the Except Afriforum is a biased institution who admits exactly where they stand and Africa Czech is more, more set back, as we discussed. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought we were talking about statistics. <laughs> All right. I've made my point. So now you can say what you want from me. Um, yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, I, I think I think this is a fascinating conversation. I think uh, the, the jousting and the, the arguments about stats are important yeah. at the end of the day because uh, people have different reasons for supporting their stats. So yeah. they want government action or they want this or they want that. Yeah. And it's important to be that all that should be based on, on, yeah. on facts or as, as, as factual as we can mm. get. Uh, so enough about farm murders. I didn't, I told you before you came in that I, we, we, I don't want to spend too much time, but then Jonathan takes okay, over. Okay. Can I just say one last Go thing? Go ahead. Okay. You got the final word on farm murders. Yeah. And then we're drawing a line. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, People do, people do not like me because of this. They think that I, um, have dismissed farm murders. They think that I don't care about the victims. Um, they think that I am part of, I think, I think it is, I think it is true to say that generally in the mainstream media in South Africa, farm murders are dismissed. And the violence and the numbers are ignored and that they, that it doesn't receive the coverage that it should receive. And I don't think that it is acknowledged as a problem. And I think it should be acknowledged as a problem. Um, I, I am trying to figure out what the numbers are and maybe it's not going to be fast. Maybe it's going to take a while, but if anyone can present a legitimate number that is backed up, that's transparent, that anyone could duplicate. Ramon, you, me, anyone could say, oh, they use this data. Let me draw it. Let me redo it. Yeah, that's it. I will update that fact sheet and I will give them all the credit. And um, 
I think that that is a lot of the, the misconception about the work we do is that we're not trying to dismiss farm murders. Some people have used our work to do that. Um, and I don't think that's right. Um, and I think a, a lot of our supporters who are dismissive of farm murders almost fell off their chairs when they saw us fact check Sarah Ramaphosa when he said that there were no farm murders and we called him out saying that he was wrong. And it was interesting to see that weird cognitive dissonance in our supporters who don't think the farm murders are a problem because they couldn't wrap their heads around the idea that we would fact check the president and say that he was wrong. And we will fact check both sides. If people share numbers about farm murders rates that aren't supported, I will fact check them and say that. If people say that farm murders aren't happening, I will fact check them and say that they are. Um, and I, I, I would hope that people would, would interrogate our work um, rather than just default to talking points about us when they haven't taken the time to understand what we do. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kate. That is, I, I don't support or, or dislike Africa check. I Ramon mean, is above it all. <laughs> I'm above it all. I'm above it all. I understand it's the methodology. Like you can't prove, I mean, you can try to disprove gravity as much as you want, but it still exists to some extent. Lies or misapprehensions about stats mm. still exist. And, you know, people like Africa check m- maybe make a, are an important vital source of information in a democracy. And I'm quite willing to give you that offhand. I, I'm worried about the funding. Mm. Soros doesn't come in every Monday for a morning meeting, no doubt. But what, do you want to talk I, to I that? We skipped it. Did yeah, we skip I mean, it? Yeah. Sorry, specifically. I think everyone throws it at you. It got thrown at you like three times last yeah. night. Let's Twitter. give a bit of context for Soros. So Soros, as you said, he's not this evil genius, perhaps, and he's maybe not the most benevolent chap in the world. He did some good things in the Soviet Union. He <clears throat> helped to publish and distribute books that I like, uh, especially economic books by Friedrich Hayek, for example. He helped spread them around the Soviet Union. Uh, that thing about him being a Nazi as a 13-year-old, if you're a 13-year-old Jew, in Hungary and the Nazis are there, you're not going to say, oh, I refuse to help you. No, you're going to try to get by the skin of your teeth and you're going to try to help them to escape somehow and you're going to help them do that. So, Soros is not the big evil genius and he's not the benevolent uh, chap other people think. He's a human being like mm-hmm. the rest of us. So, Kate, yes or no, is the Soros funding, it would actually be better if you didn't actually have it because it just distracts from your work, I'm sure. I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to say yes or no, but is it a distraction to you? It is a distraction. Um, and I mean, it comes back to this point is that, um, it's a talking point for people who don't like us and who think and, and don't interrogate our work and not dismiss us automatically. Um, and this is what I, when I do engage in these sort of discussions on Twitter and people say, Oh, Soros is your puppet master and he's determining what you write and everything. I always say, First of all, can you tell me what he wants? I can tell you what he probably wants. He wants a global, global global hegemony. And then can you tell me how examples of our work, which you think supports that agenda? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the Soros. I don't point Soros fingers like this. I, I think he has an influence. He's, he's far smarter than that. All of these people are. The Koch brothers are too. These are, these are people who've spent decades. They understand that you can, it's the same as Franz Cronier from the IRR says. He understands that you, 
you, the influencing of people doesn't happen by necessarily making them vote a certain way for a certain party because parties are unreliable. The DA is a great example at the moment of that. He understands that if you can change public perception to a certain view, mm. if you can swing public perception, you change the entire existence of that country. And then the politicians will do whatever you want them to do because that's the public perception. Yeah. And you have to fight the battle Unless they're of ideas. fascists, of course, in which yeah. case they won't. Mm. But you have um, to fight the battle of ideas. And these people are just richer than us. We fight the battle of so, ideas every day. So they just happen to be rich. So when it comes to Soros, what does he do? Does he phone you guys or have coffee, as Ramon says with you, on a Monday morning? No, of course not. But through funding things which he pushes whatever kind of agenda he – and you're not pushing an agenda necessarily. But he thinks having this society, this grouping in a society improves it. The same as he thinks equal education mm-hmm. improves a society to the way mm-hmm. he wants it improved. Um, and, and this goes for all rich funders generally. Uh, Bill Gates is, is, a, is an example also of someone who, he, sure, but he's, 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 he seems to be at, le- at least less ideological. He's very dedicated to certain issues, um, like healthcare, for example, but he seems to be less ideological about funding certain, yeah. certain things. That's all I think about the Soros thing. I know some people are more hardcore. And some people think uh, it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. So how do you how do you um, reconcile Open Society Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates organi- organization funding us? It's globalist. Global, yeah. So globalist if you think that one together. is identifying ideologically driven organizations that are going to advance their agenda, and the other is identifying key issues which they think are really important. We're the same organization. I'm not saying that, for example. Um, you get mo- a lot more from George from Open Society. Yeah, we get 21% of our budget. Um, yeah. We get it's 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 not a majority no. share. Um, I'm not denying that. I, well, I ca- I can't deny that Open Society Foundation looks at Africa Check and says, oh, they're they're doing stuff that we like, and we're going to fund them. They might. Yeah. You don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but. We, we try very hard to maintain our independence. So we have a diversity of, of donors. So we're not overly reliant on one. Um, we fact check our donors. So we fact checked Open Society Foundation. We fact checked the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, fact checked Vitz who hosts, hosts us. Um, and that is, that is important to us is that we, we apply the same standard and same methodology to everyone, whether you're Afriform or you're OSF, we'll fact check you. Um, and I, I can't prove that there isn't an agenda. Mm. Well, you okay. can't prove a negative. Yes. Right? Can, yeah. But I have one last question, okay. but Jonathan, you make it. But if I just wish that people would, I, I think it's lazy. I think it's lazy to dismiss us by saying that we're funded by George Soros because you don't have anything else. Mm. If you want to talk about us having an agenda or us being left leaning or liberal mm. or part of a huge global movement, that's fine. Give me examples. Let's discuss it. Let's actually interrogate what we do. But to, to th- come at me on Twitter saying, oh, George Soros, I'm just like, I can't even engage with you. Where do you think the line is? You, you know, so this is where I find hypocrisy. You've got the likes of Open Society Foundation funding obviously left-wing causes. Let's remove Africa check for a moment. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other stuff, if you look at what OSF does in South Africa, mm-hmm. it's pretty much, even remove Africa check, it's pretty much left-wing causes. Um, th- this happens worldwide. Um, people then freak out uh, if Russia sets some bots on the American election, okay, spends 100,000 US dollars on some bots. Now, I- I'm trying to understand where the line is. So when Russia spends some bots to get their outcome, 
And by the way, the outcome wasn't actually Trump or Hillary. They didn't care about either. They didn't care who won that. Ask the question. The, the, the idea was to split the American populace. But um, where's the line? Where's the line between the American – the Russian bots are not okay because they influence things in a country. And George Soros is okay to influence things in a country. What is he influencing? I'm not saying he's influencing you directly. No, but I can't, but if you, I can't if, discuss this. So equal education is a socialist organization, in my opinion. They have very bad ideas about education. Part of their involvement, I know you were there before, so I, you know, but I'm not putting any of this on you, but you do know the Thanks. organization. Um, <laughs> part of what they, part of their involvement in our education system has caused more trouble and more heartache. Um, they are defendants of, of things like unions, um, which have gutted uh, our public school system. In some provinces, um, the, the point is, is if you took their money away, if you told the leftists you may not, if you were hungry and you said you are no longer allowed in our country, we do not want your money and you may not cross into our country. End of story. Equal education ceases to exist, right? They have to either exist by the ideas in the country, by proving their ideas, not by automatically getting funding from rich leftists. Okay, where are we going with this? So what, how did they, how did they influence? That's how they influence. Okay. They get, you have rich people on both sides, I might add, but the left is much more set up for this. Funding groups which push certain agendas which result in things. Equal education, you can okay. show a lot. I don't want to talk about equal education. Sure. What agenda is Africa Check pushing? I, I'm not sure where the You where had the, where very the clear stands. ideas about equal education. So what agenda is Africa Check pushing? I think that on average the 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 fact checking system tends to uh fall on left sided causes more than right sided causes. And I am not saying that necessarily about Africa Check. Maybe you guys I found the perfect solution, but in in, maybe you guys are perfect. I don't think so. But, and maybe you're not. It, it's not the point. The point is, is where does, where does it set an agenda? It seems to set an agenda in that the, the media space is owned by the left. And if you have a, a fact check, which then verifies the, the left sided media space, then that is a reinforcement of you that. You see, we have a debate here, which, in which neither of us can actually prove our, Sure. Side. So you're talking, you're talking generally about an organization where you can't, you, 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 you don't seem keen to provide specific examples. You're saying it seems to be, it appears you come down more on looking at liberal issues, stuff like that. And what I can do is I can come back with anecdotal stuff for this report and this report and this report. But neither of us, that's not going to prove either side of our argument. Sure. Um, Look, I, you, you're not, sorry, Africa got, Check got, is a got, pawn in a greater, in a greater system. In, in, so it's not that Africa Check knowingly does it's okay, we can chat. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so wait, we're a pawn, so now we're a pawn. <laughs> no, the the point me, is, I you want to know how no, you're Jonathan, being directed, and on. I'm saying you're not being directed, but I'm I'm not saying you're not being used. Jonathan, hold on. So the thing with Open Society Foundations, I went through their financials in 2016, I believe. They fund directly 160 organizations in this country, mm. all from Gun Free SA, uh, to uh, various reclaim the city. Um, there are some or, good things. Organizations in, in Cape Town, equal education, and things like that. I'm worried about the overt influence Open Society has on the NGO sector, okay. generally speaking, uh, because reclaim the city 
you know, it's a very useful tool to fight the DA on, on housing, mm-hmm. and which I think they should fight the DA on housing. But I don't see them in the middle of Limpopo doing the same thing. I mm-hmm. don't see them elsewhere I, I, doing the same thing. Let's talk about Africa Sheikh. Sure. No, no. <laughs> no I'm just talking about <laughs> wanna, Can we not no, no. talk about general stuff? Um, I'm talking about open societies generally. I can't speak generally. to Reclaim the City. I can't speak to no, – You can't. And maybe Open Society funds some organizations which people might think don't do good stuff. And maybe there'd be cases where I think they fund organizations that I don't agree with. But I can't – speak to that. No, but I'm just being. I'm trying to be like a bit more charitable with with Jonathan's argument here. Is it? <laughs> they fund they fund 160 organisations. Yeah. Most of these organisations do not have any popular or public mandate to do what yeah, they do. Absolutely. Gunfree SA has zero support in I this country. I wouldn't say zero. Zero. No one, has, no one has zero support. Seven people. Seven people. Three people. more than BLM. <laughs> and, and they managed to push through the Firearms Control Act yeah. of 2004, which has led to all sorts of other issues and yeah. and trampled on rights that I find very important, yeah. even though they're not constitutional rights, things like that. So I think what Jonathan's argument is, that there's undue influence by the Open Society Foundations on the NGO and sector. The line? And it's not something that you are accountable for. It's not something, we're not asking a, um, an answer from you. Yeah. But perhaps Africa Check is part of like a broader thing about influence, okay, but so not necessarily being overtly so. Okay, so I think... They're, they're different types of influence. Like, like I said, maybe open society looks at us and think, oh, we like what Africa Check does and they support us because of that. Um, I, I have, when it comes to our editorial team, we have zero to little interaction with our funders. Um, I've sat in a meeting with one of our funders once because they wanted to get an understanding of how fact checking worked. Um, but when it comes to, so indi- indirect influence, they like what we do, so they give us money. Basically. Basically, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't give us money if they didn't like us. I, um, I think that's so it's, it's not an Africa check thing. That's the, yeah, that's that's the point. But what I'm saying is I, I can I – can, I, I can't guarantee you because you might <laughs> not believe me. But I, I have never been told at Africa check what to fact check. I'm not saying that my bias and the ideology of my ideology and the people in our office doesn't influence what we fact check. Um, but we have, we, when we get funding from people and we apply for funding, generally you say, we want this funding. This is what we'll do with it. And then they look at what they say you're going to do with it. They'll say, yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, it, it, and it's we, based on sorry, but that, that your your when you ask for it, it's based on output. Output, yeah. But so we'll do sixty reports. We'll do seven radio shows. Um, I, like you said, I can't, I can't prove that we sure. are no, no. getting like no, no, of brain no. signals. The question, but one with, the, but I think I hope you understand Jonathan's claim a bit more. So yeah. my, my it's more question, about the cultural. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I think that South Africa and Africa is better for the work that we do. And depending on where you lie in the political spectrum, you might disagree. Um, if if we didn't do it right now, no one else would do it. Yeah. Well, basically, we should blame shitty journalism for you having to exist in the first place. <laughs> One last question for me. Do you hire – this is a very weird question. Do you hire conservatives in your office? Um, do you check your own staff? Um, so, so when, when, when we put out our job listings, um, we have to say, we say that you have to be nonpartisan. So you have to, ah, look at that what smile. What is this? Those Vulcans. <laughs> no, that's, that's quite, that's at least an attempt. I mean. Yeah. So, so we did, um, 
Oh, I have to be careful. We did get some applications recently, and we always look at Twitter and stuff, and there were a few people where it was clear that they were pro for or against certain political parties and had been quite vocal about it. We did have, like, a media officer from one political party applying to work from us, and we were like... That's amazing. That's not going to work. <laughs> I think you should um, just hire anarchists. But if... Are you looking for a job? <laughs> well, not as researcher. Um, but, no, so we... we we would hire if, – if you applied for a job and it seemed that you had a, a firm hold on your expression of your political views and that you could, you know, not lose your mind on Twitter and, you know, expose yourself and your political views and that you could unpack yeah, I'm issues. I'm out. Hmm? I'm out. <laughs> right. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I think it would be great if we hired a conservative, um, like someone who's more right-wing um, – I, th I think that's going to be difficult to find given – I mean, what are the educational that, backgrounds? Well, given that conservatives are richer, so you need to pay them a lot. Well, backgrounds of? Well, it's – so are you coming from a, a Bachelor of Arts sort of background or are you coming from a business background? Because chances yeah, are we have very, ideologically. Yeah, so we – we actually don't have a type <laughs> that we hire. Um, you need it, – it's quite – we're quite specific and it's actually a, quite a difficult skill to have to be able to verify information. It's, you have to understand what proves or disproves something and either you get it or you don't. Um, and it's very hard to teach. Um, so if you've got it and you can control yourself and you can adhere to our values, then you have a chance. Yeah. Jonathan, don't even attempt to send your CV. Don't worry. Don't worry. Anyway. Yeah. But Kate, this has been an absolute pleasure. I hope we were fair. Yeah. Maybe not reasonable. Maybe a little bit animated. Looking at me. Looking at me. <laughs> but I just hope that you found this to be a fair interview in a way. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel very strongly that ideas, um, need to be ventilated. And I think that the best way to get people to understand, um, what you do and why you do it is to talk about it. And I'm pretty sure that most of the people who listen to your podcast are not the biggest Africa Czech supporters, um, from what I've seen online. And I really value the chance to have the opportunity to explain the work that we've done, the work we've done in farm murders. Um, and I just hope that people will give us a fair chance. And if they think we fall short, then they must tell us, um, because we want to know. Yeah. And, and same applies if, if you listen here for, for, as a fan of Katie or Africa Czech and you think we were fair or unfair, let us know. Hmm. We also have, oh, I'm sure, learn. don't worry. The, 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 the videos will follow or the, the bites. No, I'm you know, very happy Kate to. destroys yeah. no. Jonathan. Jonathan destroys <laughs> Kate. Uh, but, um, and if you can do us a favor, your, your colleagues in the, you know, the Muslim munching socialist circle, that you oh, dwell in. <laughs> Can you tell them like we don't bite that hard? We'll be, we really would like people from the opposite ideological side. Not that you are one of those, but like to come on because it's, it's that's what makes a fun podcast for us, and that's how you learn. So, so yeah, be, become our ambassador to the far left. I think that's asking too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing. I've got nothing further on that point. And if you are a lefty, uh, support independent media like us. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash renegade report. We know you don't have any money because you have bad economic views, but, um, but if Soros does fund you, just you know, send a little bit to us. A little bit of George money. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. That trickle is trickle down, down economics. It's <laughs> very similar to Serge Lon last thing. So Stormy Daniels lost her court case yes. against Donald Trump. She has to pay him. Stormy, Stormy Daniels had a GoFundMe yep, of like half a million. Trump's, so yep. Stormy Daniels supporters paid Trump's legal fees. I think that is 
absolutely superb. We should do the same with George Soros paying us. <laughs> Great poetic then, justice. Then George Soros is Stormy Daniels in this. <laughs> he's a he, he's he's a stripper and a, and a, and a porn star. Great. Um, there's a horrible thought to leave you with know, for the day. Thanks for that. Um, so uh, as always, uh, you can find us all on Twitter. Uh, Kate at Kate Omega and at Africa Check. There you go. And Ramon at Roman Kavanagh, myself at Jonathan Witt, underscore Witt, and uh, Renegade Report at Renegade underscore Report. You can find us on Facebook, uh, the page, and the group. The group apparently has been infiltrated uh, by uh, Pumzile's moles. Um, it's fine. We love having you there. Thanks so much. Uh, and if you'd like to support us, as Ramon said, always on Patreon. Otherwise, the show's free. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.